Let's Define Win, a podcast for everyday horse enthusiasts to laugh, commiserate, and learn that life is all about how you define wins. All right, folks, so we are back for week 11. Um, first podcast from the new house, so expecting big things. Pretty, pretty excited. I hope this podcast takes off so it pays my mortgage here soon. But we are going to talk about understanding the level in the pen. Then we're going to talk about some analogies that relate horse shows to real life. Uh, we're going to talk about our wish list and some more social media scaries, probably. Always comes back to the social media scaries. Always comes back. They're always there, too. So I think something that is pretty natural with horse showing is comparing yourself to others. Um, as much as we try to make it not to be and really just holding ourselves accountable for who we are and defining our own wins. But, you know, by the nature of the hobby industry beast, whatever you want to call it, comparing yourself kind of just happens pretty naturally. And I right. think, at least I know I am, and maybe you can relate to this too, but I think when I take a step back, I realize that I am comparing myself pretty unfairly just based on backgrounds and experience. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. So I think one of the things that I do at the shows that I go to is I automatically assume people are really good. I've only been showing it like what I'm going to call like breed show levels and like world show levels for like two years or so. Mm -hmm. And the more I go, the more I start to like recognize the same faces and I'll automatically associate how long I've known them for how long they've been showing. So like if this mm -hmm. is like the second year I've seen someone showing, I'll be like, oh, they've only been showing, you know, at this high of a level for the past two years. Right. And then I'll be like, and then I'll watch them like win or do really well or something like that. And I'll be like, wow, like, how can I ever expect to be that good, that talented, be able to catch on and be to that detailed of a level, you know, so on and so forth in two years, however many years it took them to get there. And bless social media for letting me go look these people up online and realize that, like, the fact that I've only known them for two years and, like, been watching them show for two years is actually not how long they've been showing and realize that they've actually been showing for, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, or since they were five, right? They could have had more title that we want to, you know, hold to a high level here than I do now, just because of where they started and where they've been. And that's one thing that I've really taken note of, especially this year and last year, is understanding where people have started and where they are now, right? You know, some people will start off in 4-H, some people will start off their parents showed or something like that, and at a really high level, and you know, they just got the hand-me-down horse, right? Like, there's so many examples out there of like, really young kids having fabulous horses, um, just because their families have been doing it, and you know, they start there, and they just continue to do really well for the rest of their lives. I don't know how many times I've been asked, like, how did you get into this? Your parents show? Heck no, my parents don't show. My mom grew up on a farm and she didn't want horses. And I finally, she finally gave in and my dad doesn't, he'll, he'll wave at the horse from outside the stall, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Like, I get the same, the same kind of questions, you know? My mom, I guess, grew up on a farm and had a horse, but never, like, 
showed to the level that I show at now. And it's always like, I don't know, kind of hard when you are kind of the first generation showman of what I'm trying to say. Like, this is the first experience with like horse shows and the horse show world and all that goes with it for my family. Um, so it's really been a like learn as we go type thing. So, you know, the level that I was at in 4-H was like so cool. And then when I started to level up, it was just eye-opening, I guess, is like what I'll say is like the amount of um, time and talent and work and talent and all those sorts of things that go into like leveling up that we've just never, I, I won't say like we're naive and like didn't know it was there, but it, kind of it is, you know, like it's oh, just sure. a whole different ball game. Uh, and so I always get kind of, I don't want to say like jealous or envious, but when I see a seven-year-old riding at the level that I, like, I ride oh, at, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and it, I think it's really cool, and, like, you know, one day, like, I know my kid's gonna be that seven-year-old, because I'm learning all the mistakes now, so that way, you know, they, they'll have it a little bit easier, maybe, but, no, I, I, I do that, too, like, I automatically associate, you know, someone that I've been showing against for five years, you know, I automatically, automatically associate us at the same level and think like, well, you know, we've both been working at this for five years or whatever it is, but then I could be totally off base. You know, they could have been shown with the trainer their whole youth career. They could have been, you know, they, they could have like never done 4-H. They could have never done whatever, you know, like there's always completely different bases and completely different ways about going about it that you just don't take into consideration sometimes. Yeah, I know a lot of people that we show with and that I'm familiar with, especially after social media stalking, like no one's very forthcoming about kind of their past if they didn't start at that breed level, right? Like I know I did 4-H and I am super proud of the fact that I did 4-H, right? Like to go yes. from where I am now to do open shows and, you know, finally learn about breed shows and all that, like I have had a you know, I'm sure it's the same way with you, right? Like, we were the ones that had to go figure out what the next level was, how to get there, you know, the best way to get there and do it efficiently and cost-effectively. Right. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like parents, you know, like, oh, hey, here's, you know, a world champion horse that whatever that, you know, we've just had sitting in the pasture that needs a job, right? It's, well, this is the horse I have. I want to level up. What do I need to do to get there? Who can, I, who can help me? Exactly. No, it's been such a, a learning experience and a learning curve. And, you know, in a way, like, I'm super thankful. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. When I was in 4-H and just getting my ass kicked by these people, I was really mad. And, like, I was like, I want to show horse. You know, I want this. I want that. And my mom was like, okay, so make your horse a show horse. Like, figure out what you need to do. You know, we'll get you lessons. We'll call you over to the trainer to ride. We're not just going to buy you that next horse because you need to learn. Like, you know, you need to have the skills, just, you know, whatever. And I was, again, pissed off at the time, but super thankful for it now. And I think it just makes you so much better of a rider. And like, 
more thankful maybe and more like you feel more fulfilled when it works out when you know that you didn't take the easy way to getting there you know like you didn't just buy the finished product right and i think a lot of it kind of builds off of what we were talking about last week with growth too you know where i was you know you know if i got the pattern right i was like legs up <laughs> um, and that's not the case now right like there's like so many like minute things that I had never been aware of or had picked up on before mm -hmm. now. And now someone's finally like tearing it apart and showing me like what I need to do. And I have, you know, I would say a foundational experience from, you know, all the times in 4-H and having, to your point about not necessarily having a show horse, but like working with a horse to get it to the level that would be acceptable to be called a show horse too. And that's something I'm super thankful for when I look back at the level I'm performing at now versus the level I was performing at then. You know, to me, it's so rewarding to be able to look back and say, wow, I've grown so much. Then if I were to be, you know, looking, if I were to start off with, you know, all the lead line championships or whatever, you have nowhere to go, but you can't go up from that, you know? You know, I know like 10 minutes ago, I said like, oh, I'm going to throw my kid on a nice horse, but that's not really what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying like, my kid's going to learn the way I did. Like, my kid's going to go through horse. My kids will get lessons, you know, whatever it is. So that way they can just be a more well-rounded person. Like, I think I'm a more well-rounded person from being involved in 4-H and FFA and learning how to do things myself. Yeah. You know, like, I think, and I think that there's, I don't know if I want to say, like, I think it's looked down upon when I say, like, oh, you know, I grew up in 4-H and open shows and whatever, you know, but you always kind of get someone like, oh, you, you just went to 4-H shows, you know, like there's always that sort of negative connotation maybe. No, but that's really true. I mean, like when you see interviews with people on whatever source too, like not many of them mention 4-H and I know whenever I see someone mention 4-H, I get super pumped, you know, like, wow, this person... Yeah, like, I get, like, super proud when I, you know, see someone else kind of came up the same way. And I'm not saying, like, our way is right or wrong, but I know I'm a more well-rounded individual from going at it the way that I went at it, like, learning, being in 4-H, being in FFA, and really having to kind of... Um, figure out how to get it done on my own and figure out what I wanted to do and how to level up and all those sorts of things. Again, like knowing the way that we've gone about it, I think it's going to make like when it finally all clicks and like you finally get that belt buckle or whatever, like it's going to feel so much better than, you know, not just buying a horse who's a world champion Western Pleasure horse to win the Western Pleasure. You know what I mean? Like knowing that like you've worked for, and like maybe you did buy a horse that is that caliber and that's fine but if you've had like but like you have to work with it to get it to that point like you have to work so you become a team that thing that type of thing yeah I know right if it ever happened hopefully one day it'll happen to me but you know if it doesn't that's fine but if it does like it's gonna be a full-blown breakfast club fist in the air jukebox <laughs> playing like absolute like maybe even like a little bit of rocky at the top of the steps like who's gonna, and I don't care what class it is like if it's two, three people in a class and I like somehow come out on top and it's, I don't know, some 
weird off one class that you know no one ever enters and it's possibly like the lowest of low classes or something mm-hmm. I don't care I want to be so damn proud because you know 15 years ago I was a little fifth grader trotting around the local county fair on somebody else's horse in a shirt that was too big and jeans that were too short you know like to me I'm, I'm just gonna look back on that and be like wow like look at where like look at the progress and like look at all the things that had to go really wrong that I had to work through to get to the part where like you finally win like it finally all comes together exactly you know, and I think that's the win in win and of itself you know like I know that you know when I get to show my horse at this level you know, like, that's a win, and, like, that's how I need to define it, and, like, so I've won before I've even gotten to the pen, because I know that, you know, like, I've worked with my horse to have these skills, and we've come so far type thing, so, like, that's the win, mm-hmm. and that's what you need to remember. Agreed. Like, thankfully, social media, this is probably one of the few times I'll say this, but, like, thankfully, social media is there to bring me back from assuming that everyone is at, like, the same level as, like, you know, same path, same level, same background as me, and understanding that, like, for me to compare, or probably, I don't know, maybe you'll feel this way, but, like, for me to compare myself to someone has who has been showing at this super high level, you know, whether it's on a show that I'm at or, you know, watching, you know, the quarter horse world or whatever, it's really unfair for myself, I think at least, to compare myself to someone who has been showing at that really high level for 10-15 years mm-hmm. and expect myself to look like that two years since you know understanding of all these finer points and every time I go to a show I'm learning more right and talking to someone else so mm-hmm. I think just keeping that in mind is really important I agree I want to do like fun analogies that are applicable I'll start and you can think of one okay so my example is the warm-up pen at a horse show is like the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> right? Like you've got like, it's like people don't know where they're going. It's all mishap. If you hit a pothole, you're done. And then you get to the outfit issue, right? Like I, I have seen some very unflattering outfits <laughs> in the warm-up pen and also like the Walmart parking lot, dare I say, but like people are wearing stuff, you know, it's hot out there wearing minimal things and, you know, there's not a lot, you know, and you just don't, like, there's been a couple times where I'm like, man, this, this is a lot for me to handle right now. And I feel like I get some similar feelings in the Walmart parking lot. People drive like it, too, sometimes. People do drive like it. Hmm. People get angry, too, in both. Also, that's another one. <laughs> oh, God. Hmm. Honking over a parking lot, someone's <laughs> spot over, like, a jump or over a pole or something. Oh, buying pictures at a horse show is like paying extra for guac at freaking zero. <laughs> 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 like, dude, I already spent my entire life savings. Because they, they really slide it in on you. Would you like a picture? Would you like some guac? And you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, oh, that great. It's an extra $50 for guac. And you're like, oh, okay. I'm like, wait. Yeah, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, say you do win or whatever, and you have this, like, super sweet pick. You know, you're – breakfast club like fist pumping with your trophy and whatever and you're coming out and they're like congratulations you could own this picture for three hundred dollars and a drop of your blood and you're like (laughs) okay right 
it took you 0. 0.2 seconds years. to take that. <laughs> the wash rack mm-hmm. is like being the dish lady at the middle school cafeteria. <laughs> yeah it's hot it's nasty it smells bad (laughs) especially if there's poop in the drain man you don't know what those kids are turning back on those trays (laughs) hopefully your hair's back because that would be another one you've got water down your wrists and your arms and into your armpits oh gross oh i hate that i hate when you're like getting their mane and just all down yeah And, you know, maybe it's, like, 15, 20 minutes in and it's pretty hot out and you're, like, is this water from the faucet or is it sweat <laughs> at this point? Which one is it? Does Dory shake in the wash rack? Like, shake, like, shake? Oh, no. Mm-mm. Oh, uh, Toby likes to shake when you're, you know, like, when you've got him sopping wet, he yeah. likes to shake. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. That's, I love that. I'm balls. <laughs> Going into the tack room is, like... Not knocking before you walk into the bathroom. You just don't know what you're going to walk in on. That's a good one. (laughs) I have walked in on so much weird stuff happening in the tack room. I'm like, what? Why? Not like dirty, but sometimes dirty. Um, Or, you know, you just never know. Like someone might be in there changing. Someone might be in there struggling to get in their chaps. Someone might be in there eating a burrito that they don't want to share. Right. (laughs) There might be dogs in there. <laughs> you never know. What you're, you just never know what you're going to see when you walk in the tack room. You know what experience I have, though, that I really can't dra- really can't quite draw a parallel fr- to? Hmm. We wash our trailer out every year at the end of the show, and then we put it in storage because we don't go anywhere. Oh, you're so good. I, yeah. I really try. Um, and there really is no experience quite like it. It really sucks. There's a lot of mat hauling, a lot of swearing. It's probably, like, a literal shitstorm, you it, it know? It really is. Um, we did it, like, luckily it wasn't that dirty this year, but we did it in, like, a car wash. hmm And I forgot to scoop out the shavings. Oh, no. <laughs> so, and there was a couple people there when we were doing it, but so I, like, put the shavings in a bucket, and I, like, there ran into the edge of the parking lot and, like, casually, like, dumped them out on the side there. And <laughs> people were watching me, and at this point, like, I was just so ready to be done. I was like, what, like, whatever. What are you going to do to me? <laughs> I'm here with like $80 in quarters, so if you really <laughs> to leave, that's fine. I'll take my business elsewhere. But it was bad. We were moving mats. They were swearing, pinching of fingers. Um, they, like, obviously, there's like the power washer, and you spray that on, and it just like comes back at you, and it's all sorts of nasty pee and poop, and it's just gross. It's really quite nothing is like it. I always clean my trailer out between each trip, but I never move the mats and, like, power blast the poop out of there. So I'm interested to see. I used to ride with someone who knew someone, so luckily I'm, like, pretty far removed from this accident. But apparently, like, there was a hole in someone's trailer or something like that. It could have been, like, a made-up wives' tale, too. But after that, I was like, you know, we should probably be pretty careful with this. (laughs) (laughs) A loose horse. At an open show, especially that's outdoor when you haul in, mm-hmm. is like a toddler ready to have a tantrum, and you don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, like are they gonna start tearing shit apart, or are they gonna run off? Are they gonna run across the parking lot as you're exiting the Walmart? <laughs> like, what are they gonna do? You don't know. Are they explosive? <laughs> or are they just gonna go find some food and stand there and be chill about it? 
but yeah, right. To your point, that turns it into a loose course could also be, I don't know, all you can eat Chinese buffet or golden corral. Oh my God. Going nuts for some of those biscuits. Um, here we go. Paying, and this one honestly isn't even an analogy. It's too damn similar, but paying board or training or anything like that, or the vet is like paying a medical bill for yourself. But like oh, at that God. point, I don't can't think of the last time I paid for a medical bill because I avoid the doctor. Yeah, I don't even take so, like, care I of pay for everything else. Toby has had at least two chiropractic appointments a month, probably or probably one a month this whole year. Has had a massage probably once every other month, right? This whole year. And I have been to the chiropractor exactly twice in 2020. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. He... It's insane. Like, I, the other day I was like, maybe I should get some more supplements for Dory. And I was like, shit, I barely take, I don't even know. Like, I barely take pain medication when, like, I can't turn my head because I hurt my neck doing something stupid. Right. Yeah. And here I am talking about supplements for Dory. I know. I was doing the same thing the other day. I was like, I wonder what I should start Parker on. Like, I should definitely put him on Biomain, and Toby's going to get Biomain. And I should probably put Parker on some sort of joint thing because he's growing, you know. And I'm like going on and on. And I have all this shit in my cart, and it's like 120 bucks a month between the two of them. And I'm like, when was the last time I ate a vegetable? Or what? Right. <laughs> when was the last time I was like not so dehydrated? I didn't have a headache or like what? Right. When was the last time I, you know, took a vitamin? <laughs> like right. I know. I was thinking about like some main tail, mainly tail for Dory um, mm -hmm. supplement or something to put in there, and I'm like casually like. Huh. I've been, I think my hair has been thinning for a while. And so I've been like, I'm, I've been trying to take biotin since oh, yeah. September. And I think I've taken it exactly three times. But you know, if you need me, I'm trying to figure out what main supplement and tail supplement Dory needs to be on. Yeah. I bought all these like little, what is it? They're like hair masks, like intense protein treatment. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna bring, I know, I was like, I'm going to bring Toby's tail in and wash it with these, and I'm going to put some in his mane, like, I'm going to haul him over to a heated barn, give him one last wash before winter, you know, really, really pamper the guy, and I'm like, oh my god. I'll spend half a day doing that, but I'm like, I don't think I've washed my hair since Thursday. <laughs> Maybe you guys could do a, a little hair mask and spa treatment together in the wash yeah. stall. Yeah, it's there you go. And it stinks. <laughs> Poop in the wash stall is like one of my least favorite things about horse shows, I'll be honest. The wash racks in Hinkley are the worst because they just like merge into that drain, you know? Oh, yeah. And when I was there, I was wearing tennis shoes. I don't know why I was wearing tennis shoes. And I have Burks into that wash stall too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why am I? I need to find my Burks. Uh, I was like, why am I doing this? And it was like four inches deep of water. So finally I sprayed the hose over there. I was like, what's going on? And there was shit just lining that little drain. I was like, oh my God. 
so they probably charge you extra for some sort of type of mud mask or something at some spa somewhere. And you're getting a free foot mask, especially because you wore your tennis shoes in there. Good for you. Yeah, those things were trashed. I have, you know, another thing I cannot stand at horse shows. Um, not to derail this conversation. No. But, um, there's a couple things, but the one that comes to mind is bad behaved show dogs. Oh, it drives me nuts. I saw, I was at, I was down in Tulsa at a show and like someone across the aisle had large dogs and they just took a shit in the middle of the aisle. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, this is a horse show. This is not a dog show. So that's not acceptable. And even then dog poop smells way worse than horse poop. So bad. I hate it when dogs, um, well, like, poop in someone's hay or, like, right next. Like, you know, there's, like, sometimes some, some alfalfa, like, on the ground or whatever. You and don't like, do that without looking. Just hands first. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, oh. I've seen so many dogs. Or they pee down there. It drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. That's gross. Drives me nuts. Yeah, I can't stand it when dogs are misbehaved at horse shows. Because, like, dude, like. Well, it affects everyone. It really does. Like, if it goes tearing off barking at something you're on a green broke two-year-old like say say hello to your medical bills because you're got a helmet on (laughs) yeah like hope you said your prayers this morning because you're gonna need them yeah no I totally get that I hate that what's some of your horse show wish list items for 2021 what are you gonna get yeah Question, Angela. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I really love, there are some gorgeous show pads out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would love, like, there's some absolutely gorgeous ones, especially, like, when you look at, like, some of the Rainers and stuff like that. Like, they just have vibrant colors and everything like that. I would love to get a couple of those, but that is definitely not a necessity. I have a black (laughs) and white one that'll go with anything and everything, so that's all that I'm sticking with for now. On a more realistic note, and probably utilitarian, are some wire racks. Uh, you can never go wrong with too many wire racks um, for oh, okay, yeah. or tax dolls at a show. Okay, yeah. No, this year I started buying some of my own racks, and I was like, that was super helpful to have, and just so you can be like a little bit more self-sufficient. Yeah, I know I had like the rack that goes like over the top or whatever, and it's like flat. Mm-hmm. Like a like lot for like saddle pads. pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I had four or five saddle pads on there. I had shirts on there. Like I had stuff hanging. I had stuff set mm-hmm. on there. I had, I hung like a little hook or whatever. So I had like all the bridles and the halters and just everything on there. At some point, I'm pretty sure I had my chaps. And it was like at that point at a 45 degree angle and stuff was starting to slide off. But it was really useful. <laughs> we put her to work. Yeah. Yeah, I bought, like, a little two-tier, like, hanging saddle rack thing. Mm-hmm. I bought, like, a, a pad rack. I bought a little bridle rack. I bought something else, too. But I was like, man, I am so put together. I need a hat rack. I bought one for Julie for Christmas last year. And I usually just steal it, but I should probably buy my own. A couple other things I think I want to do is now that I'm, like, interested in the showmanship, yeah. I would like to get a, an outfit. Showmanship suit. Yeah, I want to get a suit. So I've been, like, yeah. messaging a couple people. 
then I messaged one, one group or whatever. I don't want to get like too detailed, but like I messaged someone and then I was like, found someone cheaper that was like still like pretty good quality. So I was like, I think I should just go with them. Mm-hmm. And like the first person like messaged me back with more information and like, you know, yeah. trying to like, get you to come back. Like, Oh, I haven't heard you for a while. Um, yeah. Here's all the cool like fabrics and stuff like that. And I'm like, like, I don't want to say like, Oh, I found someone cheaper. Right. Like I like, I, I don't want to say that. But at the same time, that's kind of what happened. No, I'm the same way. Like, I'll shop around. Like, I don't care. And then you're like, oh, like the only person that reaches back out, they're like, hey, just wondering, you know, I want to get you on the books. And you're like, so. I found someone half the price. Right. No, I really want a showmanship suit, but I just bought my showmanship outfit, like, not that long ago, so. Yeah, well, and it looks so good with Toby because it's like the olive green with what? What is he like a sorrel Toby? Is that what he is? Yeah, he's a sorrel, and so and I think he'll lo- it'll look good with Parker too because you know. Oh, I was gonna say you could you could use that as a good excuse to get one too, but well, yeah, you're right. That's kind of what I have been using, but I'm also using that as an excuse to get a brighter hunt coat because I'm like the gray will just blend in with Parker too much. Literally last week, you're like, this is timeless. It is. Okay, we had to edit that part out. <laughs> no, it is, but I think I'll use that for, like, showmanship in the equitation, but I can use the blue one for the hunt seat. So, social media, again, got me for the best of me, <laughs> believe it or not. It was it was me trying to figure out my showmanship suit and who I wanted to go with, and then, you know, I got on the regular Facebook app, and I was scrolling, and I saw a couple for sale ads, and I feel so dumb for thinking this just instantaneously, but, like, I was looking at a picture, mm-hmm. and it was, like, a horse with a bozel on, but, like, the headstall of the bozel was off, and I, it was just, like, the nose piece of the bozel, and I was, like, huh, I wonder how they keep that on like that, and then it took me a minute, and I was, like, no, Maddie, they just edited the headstall out. <laughs> Wait, so they're just showing, they're just selling the No, no, it was, it was a photo of a horse, like, for sale, like, stood up, like, squared up and everything for the photo, Mm -hmm. and they had no saddle on or anything like that, they just had a head, a bozel on. Oh, okay. And the bozel, like, nose piece and the reins or whatever. Yeah. Were on, like, flipped to the back like it would be if you were riding. Yeah. Head stall or hanger that was typically, that would typically hold the yeah. It was all on. Was was edited out. Huh. I wonder why. And it got me. And I was just like, huh, that's so weird. And then I was thinking about it, too, because what made me, like, jog my memory about it, like, that it might be edited was just, you know, some people will edit out the reins and stuff, too, in photos. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, maybe it is uh, edited out and it's not just the Bozell just magically hanging there. Huh. I've never seen that. Super weird. Yeah, so PSA for anyone that sees it, it's just edited. It's not it's just edited. Not taped on or anything with tape. I always wonder how much editing goes on for the sale ads. You know what I mean? Like I mean you're not really serving yourself well to like edit. Right. They show up and they realize it's actually a white horse when you edit it to be black. Yeah, like you're not really doing yourself any favors by editing, but like, can you facetune them to have more more hip or something, you know? Dude, I facetune cheekbones on myself in every picture, so. Good for you. Yeah, maybe you can facetune a horse a little bit, a little extra, to really 
pump it up. Add a little shine on there. Pump, pump it up. Yeah. They get there and it's only got like a butt cheek and a half, but you've <laughs> edited it to the fact that it should have like three or four and it's basically Kim K, but. <laughs> yes. Hmm. I wonder if there's like a Facetune app for that. I wonder if it'd be like Facetune confirmation tune. Maybe that could be our side hustle. It really could be. So thanks everyone for listening in for week eleven. Hopefully we can all keep the numbers up so we can afford Angela's mortgage with her. Um, otherwise, make sure to leave us a review on Facebook or. Apple Podcasts, if you're liking us, and only if you're liking us. Five stars, nothing less. Um, <laughs> otherwise, make sure to follow and share. We've got some pretty amazing content, if I may say so myself, on the Instagram and Facebook, both at Let's Define Win. Other than that, we'll see you next week. <laughs>